Welcome to HeyYA Extra Credit. Every other week opposite the main HeyYA podcast, we'll bring you a short form podcast of YA talk across a wide range of topics. I'm Erica Azafetti. So listen, it's fall, which at the risk of being redundant, because I feel like everyone is like, oh my God, it's fall. And that is like true. It's true. But also like, I'm still excited that it's fall. I do feel like fall is such a reader friendly season. Obviously, we read year-round, but I think a lot of the elements that make fall fall really serve bookishness well. Anyway, I'm sure we're on the same page, but even if we're not, it's all good. I'm only giving this preamble because of the types of books I'm planning on recommending today. They are very much inspired by the current season. But before we get to those, if you are wanting even more fall-friendly reads than I recommend today, definitely check out our TBR service. Our expert will match you with probably what will be your next fave. Just saying, just saying. No matter the genre, the age category, we got you. Check it out on mytbr.co. That's M-Y-T-B-R dot C-O. Okay, so we're going to hear from our sponsors real quick, and then we'll get into today's books. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read, and I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. So like I said... Um, today's books are inspired by the current season. I love reading witchy books around this time. I also kind of have certain traditions I like to follow. 
Well, I guess reading reading the witchy books are low-key part of that tradition. I think I'm just realizing that now in this moment, because each year the books are new, so I'm not like returning to the same book. But as far as non-bookish things, each year, or every other year maybe, I like to rewatch certain movies. You may already know the ones, The Craft, Hocus Pocus, sometimes even The Witches. But definitely, definitely Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh my gosh. The last year I also rewatched Halloween Town, which I think I hadn't seen since I was literally like eight, but I somehow remembered it so well, which is telling. So this year I have a couple witchy movies that I'm thinking of getting into. They are The Love, Witch, and Eve's Bayou. I'll let y'all know if I do. I'll probably end up talking about them with Tirza on one of the main episodes or something. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Let me know if y'all have any fall traditions, any Halloween-y traditions. Email us, all that good stuff. So back to the books. Okay, so first up, I have The Witchery by S. Isabel. And this is, or I should say, was a debut. There's actually another book in the series that came out this year titled Shadow Coven. But as for this first entry into the series, it opens up with Logan Wyatt, who we learn is a new witch and who is starting at this new school in Florida in a town called Halesford, Florida. And Halesford is a hell mouth. A little on the nose there. A little on, a little on the hell nose there with the hell mouth. Anyway, let me stop. And so what's interesting about the school Logan is going to first of all, it's called Ms. Morte's Coven Academy and it has these really powerful witches that are part of a clique. There's students there. Uh, there are three of them. There's Iris, Jayla, and Thalia. They are a clique, but they're not like the typical like mean girl clique. They just vibe with each other and they're friends and people really respect them. People kind of want to be them because they are powerful and knowledgeable, especially for their age. So interestingly enough, Logan attracts their attention gravitate towards her and she kind of basically becomes one of them. So now the town has an interesting situation. There's fear and prejudice projected towards the witches by humans, but there is also a truce between witches and humans and some humans even make sacrifices to the witches in order to be protected. And what do they need to be protected from, you may be wondering. Well, they need to be protected from the wolves that rise from the swamp to feed during Hansen season, which sounds crazy. I'm like, (laughs) listen, if my stuff is not nailed to the floor, I would be leaving Hillsford. So, you know, people are staying, but, you know, read the book and see what. So there are these two human boys. And here in this book, humans are known as mundanes. As in they are mundane, they are without magic, which is maybe just a trifle shady, but I respect it. Uh, So these two guys, Trent and Matthew, both live in Hellsford and they attend a boys school there and they become involved with our witchy main characters because people have had enough of these wolves and they want to do something about it. So they set out to break the town's curse and save the town from the wolves. So a little more about the witches. There are different kinds of magic. There's like death magic. Iris is a death witch, which sounds really cool. Like, you know, it's a little morbid, it's a little macabre, but I'm kind of into that. Like I like that, like death witch. Like that sounds cool. Uh, There's also some green witchery. Thalia is into that. And there's also someone who may or may not go down a darker path, meander to the darkness. No spoilers though. And also one thing that's kind of different about the book 
is that there are six perspectives. So the point of view keeps changing between the six characters that I mentioned, which is different. I haven't, I'm not used to that. Cast is pretty diverse. There are some queer characters. And I mean, like, let's just take a step back. From the title alone, you kind of know it is perfect for this season. So definitely check it out. Next up, I have Bring Me Your Midnight by Rachel Griffin. I feel like Rachel Griffin's bag is like witchy YA because she also wrote The Nature of Witches and Wild is the Witch. So just that, there's that. I just want to throw that out there. So in this one, it's about Tana Fairchild who has had her life kind of written out for her before she was even born. And by that, I mean, she was betrothed to the governor's son and she's been since like forever. So she's betrothed to the governor's son because her coven is trying to protect itself. They think that if they are connected to the mainland gubernatorial family in some way, that they will escape a persecution because the mainland has some anti-magic laws. Now they live on an island, which is why I'm saying mainland. They live on an island and they still dabble in their magic, but it's like very quote unquote safe magic in that it's non-threatening to non-magical people. And thing is though, even with that, they are still fearful of persecution. Um, so one thing they do as to not appear to be too powerful to non-magical people is they release their magic into the ocean during full moons. But Tana misses this midnight ritual somehow. Hmm. I say that with a little dose of skepticism because Sister Girl loves her magic. It makes her feel powerful. It feels like just something that just feels right to her. It makes her feel good. So that's why I'm like, oh, you forgot, huh? Okay, you missed it, huh? You, you, okay, gotcha. Um, she does regret this mistake, uh, but after she ends up meeting this guy, Wolf. <laughs> it's funny because the other book had wolves, but this is a person named Wolf. Wolf is part of a coven, but he's part of a different kind of coven. This coven practices forbidden magic. Dun, dun, dun. The people who practice in this coven, they don't try to stifle their own power for the false sense of security for other people. They're just out with their stuff. All right. Comfortable. They're out there. So if you didn't already guess, Tana starts to feel some type of way about Wolf, some type of good type of way. And she suddenly doesn't know if marrying the governor's son is something she wants to do. She also doesn't know if practicing magic in its full unadulterated form is so bad because it's part of who she is. And like I said, it makes her feel like fantastic. So basically the book goes through her journey of that. There's self-discovery. There's great world building, a love triangle. For those of you who like a little geometry in your romance, you know what I mean? All that good stuff. I think if you like any of those things, you will enjoy this one. Last, I have a Flying Witch by Chihiro Ishizuka. And this is a manga. It is a manga that is the type of manga I've been reading a lot lately. And that is Slice of Life. It's actually a very specific subgenre of Slice of Life called Iyashike. And Iyashike is a kind of Slice of Life where the characters are in these very peaceful and calming environments. And reading the manga and looking at the scenery imagining it and stuff it's supposed to put the reader in a very calm relaxed kind of mood which is meant to be healing so then that just sound nice that just sounds nice we need more books like that like that just sounds like self-care 
in book form. I mean, reading can be self-care, of course, but I'm just like, it just hits, it hits a little differently. So Flying Witch also has some comedic elements in addition to its healing properties. Uh, main character, Makoto, is a young witch. She goes to live with some family members who she's less familiar with because they live out in the sticks. They're out in the countryside. And she's going there, you know, to up her game, learn to be a better witch, stuff like that. I've seen someone compare this to Kiki's Delivery Service. And if you have seen Kiki's Delivery Service, it's definitely similar to this manga in some ways. In both, you have two young witches with black hats who go off to a totally different town and just basically try to find themselves. So in true witch fashion, like I said, Makoto has a black cat who is very cute and she is just, she's just going about her daily life in the countryside. She learns how to garden. She's learning about plants. There are some cool dishes that they show, which look especially good to just be in black and white because, you know, manga's. Manga is in black and white. Manga are in black and white. Uh, usually. I'm just saying, like, if you can, if you can make food look appetizing in black and white, I just think that's, that is just beyond. That is above and beyond. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I was just really hungry when I was reading it. I don't know. They look good. The, the, the dishes look good though. Okay. So yeah, it's a lighthearted, low key read. Makoto has silly moments. It's just a relaxing, cozy kind of read. It's even tranquil at times. So definitely get into that. So that is all I have for y'all today. Thanks so much for tuning in today, as well as our sponsor for making the day show possible. You can find me on Twitter at Erica underscore EZE underscore. Big shout out to Jen Zink, our audio editor, for making me sound great. Appreciate you. So we'll see you next week on the main podcast where I'll be joined by Tears of Price. Until next week, happy reading. Happy reading.